the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. to the program. It's Thursday. That means this is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is, as you know, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, marriage stuff today with Paula here in the studio. All you have to do is call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, as always, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, baby. We got a lot going on. Tonight is our parents' back-to-school mm-hmm. um, night where you know we always meet new people here and mm-hmm. school starts on Monday. Where did the time go? This is year 23. Yeah, I know. And uh, it's a good thing that uh, we came over here so they can remind us that that meeting is tonight, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I probably would have remembered, but it's just that as long as you were with me, Uh I was enraptured by you. And and you just took all of my my mind. I couldn't think about anything but, but how blessed I was to be your husband. Oh, I can understand that. (laughs) (laughs) You're a nut. Oh, I love you. Thank you. So, today is date day, and it was a nice, it's a nice day. It was, what, 89, we got in the car, not too bad for the whole day, just beautiful. I had already gone out and walked with the Lord, unlike you today, and uh, the Lord was just really, really sweet, encouraging me, and, you know, just kind of telling me. He's like that, he does. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have a list of some of my my God moments, because last night's study was so fun, you know, my, the God stories that you were telling, um, how faithful the Lord is, and if we'll, you know, we'll, you want to talk about this now, about going into that room and closing the door behind us. Well, let's give the audience a little background, because that's your job. Not, not everybody comes to Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. What? <laughs> <laughs> Our study last night was in Second Kings chapter four, and I just did seven verses. You know, it's uh, I took ten minutes of material and made it fifty-two minutes, I think. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it was just—it's just it's a great story. It's a, the 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 widow. Um, um, uh, Josephus says her husband was the prophet Obadiah, and we don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But he died, and because he died in debt, um, the creditors were coming to take her two sons, her two remaining sons, to work off the debt, which was the way of the ancient world. It mm-hmm. was a tough world. It was a tough there world. was no participation trophies no. in that world. It's not, it's not like I'm going to take one son mm-hmm. to pay off the debt, and you can keep the other one to help maybe 
provide you something to eat and somewhere to live. No, it's like, no, give us our, pay the debt. Okay. So she cried out to Elisha, uh-huh. uh, man of God, uh, you know my husband revered the Lord and and uh, now he's gone and now they're going to come and take my two sons and I'm going to be here all alone. And I love that uh, Elisha said, how can I help you? You know, I just I just love that. You know, one of the major differences between him and Elijah, and, and in part, it's purposeful. It's it's because of the the people that they were types of. Uh, Elijah with a J, um, he 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 didn't want to be around people. He he didn't have much time for people. Uh, he was just out there shouting. Uh, um, Repent, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he was all business all the time, mm-hmm. uh, and of course he was a forerunner of John the Baptist, who was very much the same way—a hermit and fine without people. And mm-hmm. and Elisha, on the other hand, who's a, a much clearer picture of our Christ. Um, Elisha loved people. He loved being around the people, and he had a heart, and he could empathize with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And so, for him to look at this woman and say, and and obviously he knew her husband, mm-hmm. um, to say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did. And this is the story of the multiplication of oil. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a little tiny flask of anointing oil left mm-hmm. over from mm-hmm. from her husband's mm-hmm. uh, ministry. And um, uh, that's all she had. She said, I have nothing at all. He said, what do you have in your home? I have nothing at all except this little oil. And he told her to go get a bunch of jars, not a few. He said, get all the jars you can get. Mm-hmm. And out of that little tiny oil, she filled up all of those jars mm-hmm. and ended up selling them to pay off her creditors and she could live on the rest. Mm-hmm. So Elisha took care of her. But uh, one of the things he told her to do in the story was, um, here's what you do. You take, you take this oil and you take the jars and your sons and you take them into the room. You shut the door. Mm-hmm. These were when the jars were still empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You shut the door. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea was this was just God showing off for you. Mm-hmm. And um, they kept pouring oil. She said she kept on pouring mm-hmm. and, uh, until all of the jars ran out. Mm-hmm. Um, the oil kept pouring. Then the oil stopped. And uh, the the significance for me, Paula, was um, we we've seen we we've you and I we've had those moments where uh, there was nobody here. You know, we didn't have a big church. In fact, we had twelve, fifteen people coming to church, and that was it, when we started. Yeah, when we when we first got here, it, the church was you and me. Yeah, but the, the idea is is you know there's a lot of things God does in secret, just to demonstrate to you mm-hmm. how how effective his care for you is and you need those moments and one of the things i hope to do last night and we were able to tell some of those god stories Mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things i hope uh, resulted from that is people uh, wanted their own god moments we need them so desperately especially in these last days we need those times when it's just us and god it's not something go hey guess what god told me or you know we we want to blast all of our information out there but this is just a, one of those times when the Lord meets you on your own. And um, those are the, the events that prepare you for all the things uh, that are to come. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talked about that last night. It was so, I, I love listening to those stories. And, you you know, I went home today and I was thinking, okay, what are some of my God stories? Because, you know, going to the closet, I'm, I'm thinking back. Even to the, to the lady, the the widow and her two sons, when they went in with the empty jars and this little tiny flask, okay, God, I trust you. I'm getting ready to start pouring these, pouring this oil in like you tell me to. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting you, and I'm I'm certain. When the first jar got filled up, their eyes were like huge. Like, do you see what's happening? You know, that is so fun. I can remember the first time I went to this uh, new Bible study, and I had been asking the Lord, you know, Lord, I want to speak in tongues. Remember, because you had taken me to a church where they said I wasn't saved if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I knew that wasn't right. Um, I've apologized for that, but I was a baby Christian. I didn't know better. <laughs> <laughs> I forgave you a long time ago. <laughs> but, no, uh, that I really wanted to in tongues and the reason was because you know you can you can pray but then you get to that place of I don't even know what to pray for I don't really know you know 
beyond my what I can see, Lord, kind of prayers. And so um, I wanted to go deeper, you know. And so um, I remember the Lord asking me, because, you know, the guy says, you're not really saved unless you speak in tongues. So now I'm asking to speak in tongues, and, and I can remember the Lord saying, okay, why? What's your motive? Well, because I'm supposed to be saved. (laughs) (laughs) But the motive was everything. And and it was not so I could go to a church and speak in tongues where everybody could hear me. It's not that I could go back and say, oh, yeah, now I speak in tongues. I knew I was saved all along. No, it was so I can commune with the Lord in a much more intimate way. And if nobody else knows, that was okay. And so, um, you know, he he's so good that way, so I, I get to speak in tongues now. So it's kind of a cool thing. And I have no idea what I'm saying, you know. There was one time when um, I said, Lord, what's the interpretation of what I just heard? You know, because he said you can ask for the interpretation. And um, I remember going to this one church, ladies' Bible study, and they said, you can't know what you prayed, you know. And I was like, well, in the Bible, because I was still baby Christian, I was sneaking away to go to a Bible study, so you didn't find out. Um, and, and and they said, you can't know. I was like, no, I read it. You can ask for the interpretation. And so here I am, this baby Christian at this so-called mature Bible study, and I'm telling them, you can ask. And so I went home, and I was kind of crybaby, and, Lord, they said I can't, but I read this, and... He was faithful to give me the interpretation. Yeah. You know that uh, um, I think this might interest the audience, but that that, that day I, I I was a new Christian, and and I got the gift of tongues like right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. a couple of days. I don't know, but uh, I didn't even know what the gift of tongues was, mm-hmm. and yet I just you God just gave it. it to me. Yeah. And then we went to that church where they were trying to prime your pump. Oh my and gosh! Scare yes. you and should have bought a Honda, mm-hmm. you know. And and mm-hmm. and and uh, you just wanted to get out of there, so you faked it and got out yeah, of there. Yeah. And and you were really upset, and and you were you're really distressed over that. And uh, I came home one day, and you'd been in the bathtub for several hours. Mm-hmm. Letting the cold water go down and then putting yeah, some more yeah. hot water in there. I look like but, a prune. Yeah, but had had <laughs> uh, uh, candles and mm-hmm. and you were just praying in tongues so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I, I just said, so so what? Happened? Well, I I just wanted to pray in tongues and God met you there. It wasn't at a church where they were trying to counterfeit it, mm-hmm. but but it just God met you in that room. Yeah, it was so sweet. Yeah, I didn't even know you were there. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I was much younger, but I was all pruned that day. <laughs> so anyway, the next thing I remember, um, my one of those God stories, I'm reading the book of Ruth, and we lived here now, because when I was asking to speak in tongues, we were still in California. And then um, I'm reading the book of Ruth, and, you know, I'm thinking, the Lord has told you that you'll, you'll never work again for anybody else. But we need some money because we need to pay rent and buy some food and pay for electricity. So I, I was thinking, i got to go find a job. I have to go find a job. Well, in prayer one day while I'm reading Ruth, it's like the Lord said to me, stay in this field behind the girls. The work will find you. What? Okay. That day, knock, knock, knock on the door. The uh, One of the apartment managers said, hey, we noticed on your um, application that when you were in California, you had a cleaning business. Well, our cleaning lady's husband has cancer, and she's not able to be here today. Could you please come and clean an apartment? I was like, okay. That was just the Lord. <laughs> and then they came. It was a different uh, girl from the apartment complex. There was three of them. And um, they came, like, day after day asking me, would I clean this apartment? Would I clean? And that turned into a job. And so, again, the Lord had spoken to me, and I was like, to me, this kind of stuff was was new, you know. Um, it, it was just God moving yeah. on your heart and yeah. showing you some stuff that you needed to hear. Yeah. Just just for everybody's information, um, Paula, uh, 
uh, when God said that I would never work for anybody but him, that's a very unusual thing. Mm -hmm. God was preparing us for ministry that was very unique. Um, the ministry that we currently have where everything was going to be free. God was really building our faith mm -hmm. and he didn't want me to take matters into my own hands. Oh yeah. And, and so, uh, and I, I just don't want anybody to misunderstand think, well, not working is spiritual. No, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to provide for our family, mm -hmm. but this was just God's personal preparation for me and for Paula. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, uh, it was hard because money, making money has always been easy for me. Yeah. And that's why God sort of took that option away from me. Yeah. Where I had nothing to trust, no one to trust. That's right. But him. That's right. Yeah, and I, I, we were both in agreement on that, so that's not anything that we had issue over. And then the third thing, and this one's kind of funny, um, because I, I was, you know, just me and Jesus one day, and he says, I want you to start a women's prayer. I didn't tell you that for a couple of weeks. I was praying about it to make sure I had heard from the Lord. <laughs> and then I came to you and I said, uh, I don't know if this is right or not, but I think the Lord is telling me to start a women's prayer. What would you say? <laughs> I said, well, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the devil who told you to start a women's prayer group. <laughs> that's my way of saying, so what are you waiting for? Yeah, you know? yeah, let's get going here on this thing. And so that's the that's the first ministry of Calvary Chapel San Antonio besides starting the church is that women's prayer. So, yeah, and so that's we, been going on for 27 years. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, the first time that lady came over there, I was so mad. <laughs> I was nervous, you know. And I'm going to pray in front of somebody. Because for a couple of weeks, after I said okay to the Lord, nobody showed up. You know, we're in an apartment, so that made kind of sense. I didn't go out really advertising it too much. And so when that first lady came, I was like, how dare you interrupt my time with the Lord, you know. <laughs> but it has, it has grown, and it grew really uh pretty big after a while and so our house was starting to get a little crowded and so here's my next one you know where the lord says ask seek and knock so i started asking him and and looking around and then i started knocking on the door of the lord like hello maybe we have a house again remember that one yeah we were in a, in a one-bedroom apartment yeah yeah and and it was getting crowded and, you know, no, only one person can go to the restroom at a time. That's a big deal. <laughs> you know, even if we ever moved and we only needed one bedroom, you know, because it's just me and you. One bedroom, two baths. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Retiring home. We need two bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, that'll just make everything better. So anyway, um, and so I, I and he, he was like, okay. You know, and so if you were teaching at that time, you were teaching at that time about um, pray specifically, or you know, mm -hmm. something like that. And so I was, I was praying, and I said, "Okay, Lord, I need a, I need me a th three bedroom, two bath house because gotta have two bathrooms, two bedrooms on one side, one on the other side. It'd be really nice if we had green carpeting and white walls, you know." And so I just laid out my specifics. <laughs> Kind of not too far from here, Lord, because, you know, we got to stay in Universal City. And so let me see. In a pretty decent neighborhood, not too far, you know. And so we started looking. And the day we went into this house, I mean, not the house we live in now, but that house I'm talking about, it was exactly what I had specifically prayed. I was like, oh, pass around no stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's one of those God stories, Paula, that, that prepared us for a lot of other things. Um, you know, uh, when when you started saying, can we can we get a house again? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have time. You know, it's fine. I was busier then yeah. than I'm busy th than now. You just think uh, that. You're, mm -hmm. you're pretty busy now, too. Yeah, well, but but it was it was like, I don't have time to go house shopping. Mm -hmm. And you, you hooked up with this realtor. Yeah. And so she started showing the house the lease. And I, we looked at a half dozen of them. Oh, yeah. So. But see, and, we had our elders... Our two elders and their wives, they were like, oh, they're going to stay. Because yeah, yeah. people thought because we lived in an apartment. Yeah, that we weren't, we weren't permanent. Mm -hmm. So they started looking. <clears throat> they were bringing lists of homes. Well, we, we'd look at house after house. And, and all I do is drive up to them and say, no, this isn't it. Okay. This isn't it. Uh -huh. and, and over and over, finally I got to the place where I said, Paula, um, if you want to keep looking, you keep looking. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you find something you like, 
that's okay. Mm -hmm. But but for now, mm -hmm. I, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the realtor lady called us back right after that episode, same night. Uh -huh. And she said, I, I got one more house for you to look at, but this is a purchase, not a, not a rental or a lease. Mm -hmm. And I thought, we, we don't have any money. Mm -hmm. We can't buy a house. And she said, well, it's not even on the market yet, but, but I really want you to go look at it. And I just thought, oh, I just said I don't have time to do all this, but okay, I'll look at one more. And we pulled up to the house. And I walked ahead of you into the house. Yeah. Uh, she was explaining a Christian couple owns it. Um, um, there was a divorce and the remarriage. And now the combined families are too big for the house. Yeah. And uh, um, she opened the door. Yeah. I was going to say, you went into the house. Yeah, you took a step. Yeah, but she opened the door first. And, <laughs> and right. I went in before anybody, before yeah. she did even. Mm -hmm. And I walked right in the house. And it was literally uh, as though Jesus said, this is home. Yeah. And so I said to her, with no information all about this house, we'll take it. Yeah. And she looked at me and said, what do you mean you'll take it? I uh -huh. said, we'll take it. Uh -huh. The Lord just spoke to my heart. This is our house. You walked in and then found it uh -huh. laid out exactly yeah. the way. Green that, carpet, that, white that, walls, that three bedroom, two bedrooms. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, people say, well, oh, God, does it work like that? Well, we lived there for 25 years. <laughs> And um, I, I ended up paying off the house, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, um, but, but it was just, it was just one of those moments where God just did that for us. Yeah. And it wasn't something that we shouted out, but, mm -hmm. but, um, um, he provided the money that we didn't have for the down payment. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, we lived there for a long time and boy, God really, really blessed things for yeah. us. Uh, Paula, we got a phone call, so keep your line, train of thought and we'll go to, Jimmy on line one from San Antonio. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Nice story. How are you doing? Hey, Jimmy. Hi, ma'am. Yes, nice story. Great. I can relate. I, I can relate to your story because we've been in our house 35 years, and I remember when we walked into our house, mm -hmm. we knew that that was the house the Lord wanted us to have. So that was a good story. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I was going to tell you, I was a, okay. Mm -hmm. I remember studying in Revelation. Revelation. Oh, go ahead. Revelation chapter. Okay, so I was reading Revelation chapter six yesterday, and okay, is that time is uh, is that time already happening, or is it going to happen in the future? You're cutting uh, out so bad. I can't. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Jimmy, you still there? Can you, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, we've lost Jimmy. Jimmy, you can call back on the other side of the break. Are you there? <laughs> yes, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Well, just now. You just came back in. You were gone. I can hear okay, you now, I so was... don't move. Okay. I was, uh, okay, I was, um, yeah. Go, uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, I was reading Revelation chapter. I studied it a while back. Jimmy, your phone Your phone is... Can you hear me now? Hello. Uh oh, can't hear you again. Okay, oh. go ahead. Get, ask your question, Jim, because it's cutting out really bad. The devil doesn't want me to ask you. That's why. The the Revelation chapter six. Yeah, go, right? yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Okay. I uh, is that thing happening now with the horses and and and, and the, the lamb is Jesus going to open the seals. But is that stuff is it's going to be in the future, or some of it's happening now? Yeah, Jimmy, in, in Revelation chapter 6, that's when the Great Tribulation begins. Um, okay. Uh, the, the church has been raptured, uh, and this is descriptive of the, the, the beginning of the Great Tribulation with the seal judgments. Um, the, the first is the seven seals, of course, and then we've got... Uh, the seven trumpets to be followed um, at the end by the seven vials or bowls. But yeah, this is all yet future. It hasn't happened yet. We can look around and see that things are being set up for this, for sure, okay. uh, in the time that we live in. Uh, the signs are all around us. But this is yet future. Okay, that's what I thought. I, I was after, I'm trying to seek God to show me more, but, you know... Um... I have a better understanding of what that means. I know that 
we're going to be working, and we're going to only be working for a day's wages. Yeah. Jimmy, on our on our website at calvarysa.com, I know you're familiar with it, uh, I have uh, a, a very extensive commentary on the book of Revelation, and all of my notes are there, so if you need any help at all with it, um, um, I, as you know, I love this book, and and um, we we uh, we've got that information available to everybody for free. So it's my own commentary on the Book of Revelation, Revelation chapter six, uh, because it's so critical, time critical, uh, the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Uh, there's some pretty um, extensive notes there. Okay, sir. Thank you so much, um, Jimmy. Thank you. Explain. Good to hear from you, and uh, we miss you. It's always good when you get to hear your voice. What are you going to see me at the retreat? Ninety-five, eighty-five for your live calls and questions, uh, Paula. We're inside one minute. Uh, where do we leave off? Where do you want to pick up on the other side of the break? Well, let's let's pick up on the other side. But uh, Jimmy reminded me, you guys have your men's retreat coming up, September eight, nine, and ten. I think it is, mm-hmm. and that's just maybe a couple of three weeks away. So, Jimmy, if you haven't already asked your boss for the time off. I'm just giving you a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the eight-day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I am Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. We've got 30 minutes left in the program, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Thursday show, the Date Day show. Um, Paula, we were talking about some God stories. Mm -hmm. I know you weren't done, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another God story was when our... um, not that she was the women's leader, but she was the woman teacher. And when she left, and now it's, you know, you said, Paula, you got to come out of the bullpen. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness, Lord, what, 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 what am I going to do? And, you know, just pray. Let me ask you a question before you get into the story. What? If I had told you when we were still in California that you were going to teach women's Bible studies, would you have come? You did tell me that. Do you not remember what I said? I said, and I told the ladies in Houston this, this just this past weekend. I said, Pastor Ron said, you know you're going to be teaching the ladies. I was like, the hand of the Lord is going to have to come down and right on the back. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And Well, I was just crying out. And I mean, I was crying out. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't get to go to Bible college. And I don't know, you know, and. Ooh, and I, in case you haven't figured this out in the audience, Paula thinks she's dumb. She says, who am I to be teaching Bible? And she doesn't realize how wonderfully God has used her and blessed her. And yet, uh, you know, that insecurity that we all carry. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, you know. What did I say? You got to get over yourself? Woo. <laughs> so I heard the Lord say, I will teach you and tell you what to say. And I can't tell you how many times, because we didn't live that far. We only lived about a mile. From our house over here to the church, I would be crying, Lord, these ladies are counting on you having something to say. I'm going to go up there. But when I turn around, please have, <laughs> please have something to say to these people. You love them. You love me. And so, um, you know, a lot of times I, I'll get finished and I'm like, did that even make sense? Because I'm just kind of talking. I guess I should listen more. But, uh, yeah, so he said that he would teach me and tell me what to say. And yeah, I don't know. How many years have I been teaching now? A lot of them. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a- you were a young woman when you started. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, this has aged me. How's that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then the next one was, um, and the next one was about Sweet Summer Devotions. So I've been teaching longer than Sweet Summer Devotions. Woo. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. longer. Yikes. So, yeah, Sweet Summer Devotions, and that's been just a huge... Yeah, I'm laughing because when I would tell you teaching, you'd start, 
you'd start studying what you're going to teach like months in advance of the date. Yeah. And then when other churches would ask you to Ooh, come, then I'd really be mad. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd be months and months. I said, Paula, just chill. Yeah. I said, you got months. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no, I have to be prepared. <laughs> no. I was so upset because when you were in Bible college, I was like, you know, and then they announced your graduation early. Then I really freaked out. Don't they have classes for, for the pastor's wife? Because, oh, yes. So, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, Sweet Summer Devotions, and that's been just a, a real blessing for Calvary Chapel San Antonio because it's gotten uh, uh where the ladies get to know one another in a deeper, um, more personal way because, you know, a lot of the stories they hear, they already know the person beforehand. They have no idea what it took to get them to the place that they are. And a lot of times you look at some of the <clears throat> the speakers and they tell you their story and you would think, I would have never known. I would have never thought you had gone through that or did that. Um, and so it's been a real cementer of the ladies here and the men too. I, I know a lot of men watch the sweet summer devotions and, uh, you know, I tell the ladies all the time, especially those in leadership, um, everybody's watching us, how we love and submit to our husbands and how we interact with one another. So it's been a, a really cool thing, the sweet summer devotions. And I love it. And then the next one, this one's my what I'm going through right now. Because you don't want to just always talk about what the Lord said 25 years ago and what's he saying today. So, uh, you know, the last couple of days I told you, I don't, I woke up the other day and the Lord said, I want you to read Esther. Well, I've been reading Esther. And, and um, you know, uh, he says when I was walking with him, I have chosen you. For such a time as this. And then you said last night, for such a time as this. And I was like, all right. I don't know what that means. But here I am. And I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, and you see, Paul, that's the the whole point of the God stories. You know, when we go into that room, we shut the door, and we just let God have his way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's to prepare you for the things that you don't know about yet. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know. I always say we're on a need-to-know basis with God, and evidently he doesn't think I need to know very Mm -hmm. much. But at at just the right time, he'll tell us exactly what we need, um, give us the direction we need. And just like he showed up with the... Uh, the miracle of the oil for the the widow in the story last night. Um, God never fails to show, and and His provision is without limit. Um, you know the the human portion of the provision is what failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ran out of jars. There were no more jars. She got jar to jar to jar. There's no jars left in the village, and and that, uh, that's when the oil stopped. So if if that would have been more jars, it's important today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she she'd be in there. I'm getting old, but I'm still pouring oil. Yeah. But the, the the that's what God wants us to take from this. Those times where we get alone with the Lord, and He speaks to our heart, and He challenges us to take steps of faith. Those are the times when we need to realize that His provision is without limit. And you know, you you've you've said this I think three times in your God stories. Um, you know, the Lord spoke to my heart or I was walking with the Lord and the Lord said this. If we don't take that time, we never have even the beginning of a God story. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing I can tell you that Jesus wants for every single Christian is he wants those intimate times, those God stories. He wants to show how powerful he is. He wants to demonstrate his love and his care and his provision for it. And the problem is, is we just put God into such a small corner of our lives that we don't take that time. We get up in the morning, we're rushing to work or we're rushing to do this or to do that. And um, the reality is God is sitting there saying, I have a God story in the making, Mm -hmm. but you won't stop and listen. Mm -hmm. And we need those times just for just between us. And those are the things that fortify us. When the challenges and the trials that always come, those are the the stories that we really, really need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a phone call. Okay. 
Let's go to uh, line one. We have an anonymous caller. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. Uh, hey, Pastor Ron. Uh, you and I have talked before. In fact, I talked to you in your office a few years ago. It is something that's still kind of bugging me. I don't, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it, but uh, basically 36. I, lo- I lost you. If you can hear me, I lost you. Yeah, I I apologize. Okay, can can you kind of give me a a synopsis of what you just said? We lost you on that, on that, on the line. Um, Basically, uh, just trying to figure out, you know, understand more about how God's work, his thoughts. He brought this one in my life uh, some 36 years ago. We met at church. Uh, you know, we, uh, she was a Christian. I was I was born again as well. And he, like I say, he confirmed it uh, independently to each of us that yes, this is the one. And bottom line is, after three kids were raised and three grandkids, in year 34 she quit and well, you know, walked away from the, the marriage. So knowing God, as mm-hmm. I believe I do, that He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what we're going to do before we do it. He, he knows our thoughts. Yet he still put this woman into my life that he knew was going to quit in year 34. And, you know, I married her to grow old with her and, and uh, you know, die together. And here she walks away. I, I, don't, I don't quite understand why God would put me with, with that person, knowing that she was going to quit. Okay, let me... Yeah, I, I understand the difficulty. Let me let me try to explain that. And thank you for being patient and and holding on because we were having some difficulty with that. A couple of things: um, we have a tendency to think in a linear fashion. You know, uh, since God knows this is the way things are going to turn out, why does He allow us to do things in the beginning? Um, God doesn't cause any of those things. God didn't cause her to walk away. Um, God doesn't cause us, and, and I'm not speaking about your situation specifically now, but God doesn't cause us to get in our flesh. God doesn't cause us to rebel against him. Um, for, for those years that you had with your wife, um, God was gracious in providing an opportunity uh, for the two of you to grow and to prosper in Christ, uh, to follow him, for you to be the godly leader that he wanted you to be and for, for her to be the submitted partner that he wanted her to be. Um, God doesn't keep us from rebelling against him. No, it's his desire, his desire that, that we walk with him and that we walk in his will. But but God, in his patience, in his love, knowing the end from the beginning, God continued to reach out with opportunities throughout the marriage to repent. And regardless of the circumstances, who did what and what her perception of the whole situation is, uh, God's heart was just as broken as yours is. And again, it's not that he didn't know. It's just that he continued to give opportunities for this to be a godly marriage. You know, Anonymous, a couple of things here that, that are, are always heartbreaking for me. I, I'm, I really do have the heart of the Lord on this. Um, over our years here, I cannot tell you how many people have told me that God brought a man or woman into their lives. And then they started taking that man or that woman for granted, started taking advantage. Instead of being grateful to God, they they polluted the marriage with ungodliness, uh, immorality, all kinds of other things. Uh, a man who needs to be kind servant leader um, isn't a kind servant leader. The, the the wife who who couldn't live without this man when she was begging God for him, and suddenly, uh, at some point, she gets stagnant. It was sort of like the Israelites, Paula, in the uh, Exodus wilderness. You know that day they woke up and there was manna everywhere. It was like the greatest thing. Everything, praise God, praise the Lord, praise <laughs> the Lord. And and um, you know, pretty soon um, the manna became oh manna again. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the way we deal with relationships. So uh, God brought her into your life and you into hers so that you could bring him honor and glory. 
uh, so that you could show other people what a Christian marriage is really all about. Um, the fact that um, uh, her flesh or your flesh or what, again, I don't know what her perspective of this is, but the fact that that um, um, she decided to walk away from the Lord and, and away from his will uh, didn't mean that God didn't try to bless her and to bless you. Um, you know, we tell God that we're going to stay forever, and sometimes we prove to be liars, and that's the case. In your situation now, and I understand the pain that you're going through, in your situation now, the one thing, the only thing that you can do is you get so close to the Lord that He becomes enough for you. And you stop focusing on what you don't have and rather focus on who and what you do have in Christ. One of the things, Paul, about our story last night is uh, when when uh, Elisha said, how can I help you? Uh, what do you have in the house? And she said, oh, your servant has nothing. And then there was a pause except a little tiny bit of oil. Mm-hmm. And Elisha started right there. So, Anonymous, what you can do right now is is just thank God for what you've got. Thank God for the good years that he gave you. Thank God that you still have a heart for this woman and that you still have a heart for the Lord. And let Jesus be enough for you. Um, you know, I, I had a, a young uh, person in church, a kid, whose whose dog died and his heart was broken. And he said, why did God let my dog die? It wouldn't have been better if I never even had a dog. And I said, God gave you that dog so that you could enjoy him. And he would be your best friend for time. And wasn't he a wonderful gift? Stop thinking about what you don't have and start being grateful to God for what you did have Mm -hmm. because that too was a gift from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I know this is hard. I know typically people in your situation, the last thing they want to hear is is God's grace is sufficient, but it truly, truly is. Paul, you want to add anything? Yeah. You know, we blame God. um, For the stuff we do or don't do. Yeah. You know, if he knew, like like this questioner, if he knew it was going to turn out this way, why didn't he protect me from this? And, you know, unfortunately, and you teach this all the time, about 50% of the people of church get divorced just like the people in the world. God has given us, each one of us, free will. We get to do unspeakable things, and we choose to. And like you said, Ron, um, we take each other for granted after a while. Well, God gave me her, and you got to stay, or we're stuck together, or, you know, those kind of things, or ball and chain, all that stuff, instead of every day, you know, um, what a gift you are. You know, I love you. I've been asking the Lord uh, to help me to be a better wife, to love you and see you for the gift from him that you are even more, because I know I I fall short. Um, but, yeah, it's not... If it broke up, it's it never was God's fault. He had planned for us to live forever, and Adam and Eve, right from the beginning, what, chapter 2, messed it up. And we mess it up, and it's not God's fault. We were, he made it to be beautiful and long-lasting and fruitful and vibrant and playful and fun, and and we just messed it up. Sorry. That's what we do. Yeah, our heart hurts with yours. Man, I'm so sorry. But focus on the one who is brokenhearted with you. Yeah. And you're going to find that his grace enough. And he loves you so much. He's crying over this with you. Um, He didn't trick you. He, he, He loves you. And he's sad, like Ron is saying, he's sad over this as well. What's the old movie cliche? It's better to have loved and have failed than never to have loved at all. Yes. And um, there's a lot of love in your heart, and maybe, who knows, God will bring somebody else into your life Yeah, and your, that's part of his plan. Yeah, and your three children, you have an opportunity to show the joy of the Lord because a lot of times when these kind of things happen, the kids say, well, I'm never going to get married if this is how it's going to be, but you can get your perspective changed to where, you know, it didn't turn out the way I wanted to, but... You know, some of those years were really pretty good. And you, kids, 
can make yours different. Yeah. I'm sure they're grown kids now. Yeah. But the yeah. point is, Absolutely. You, you still have a witness. You still have a witness. Okay, 340-9585 if you have any comments or questions for Paula. Paula, what's next? You know, last night you were talking about, and in that study, you gave a, a, a directive for grief management because sometimes we don't know what to say to people, um, but we can stop. And just look at them, maybe hold them. If they don't want to be held, leave them alone. But how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help you? And that was... We, we humans, we feel like we got to fix it. And usually that's because we're the uncomfortable ones. Mm-hmm. You know, we want... We, we, because we care about people. Mm-hmm. We want people to, to feel better. And so we, we search for the right thing to say. And we get a little frustrated when when what we say isn't helping mm-hmm. um job's friends are a good example you know for a week they were great friends because they just sat there and grieved with him uh, it's when they started opening their mouth that they got in trouble and caused job all kinds of pain mm-hmm. um and i think elisha's example uh to this woman who is grieving uh was was the best thing ever we could just say how can i help you how can i help and sometimes it's just, as you said, to sit there and cry. Other times they'll have a suggestion. This woman certainly had a suggestion. I need help. Mm-hmm. How can I help you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to be successful in our comforting when, in fact, that's not up to us at all. We're just to be good friends mm-hmm. and family members. And we sit there and we, we, okay, how can I help? I'm here for you. Yeah. I always say, Paul, at funerals, um, uh, you know, especially with, with for for the survivors uh, of the deceased, I always say this is the time uh, that they're going to need you the most because they've been busy, their houses have been full. Uh, after today, everybody's going to go eat. After today, it's going to be real quiet in the morning, mm-hmm. and that'd be a good time for a phone call. Be a good time for you to to stop over and and say let's go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's when things quiet down mm-hmm. that that the people who are grieving really need you, and and certainly we Christians grieve like everybody else, but we're surrounded with family. If we'll take advantage of it, this woman could have said in the story last night. She could have said, "Well, I don't want to go ask my neighbors for jars because then they're going to know what a mess my life is, and my husband left us in debt, and all those things." Our pride keeps us from asking for help, but the help is really going to be found in the body of Christ that, that God surrounds us with. Yeah, and see, so that's another thing why when people go through things alone and we find out later, that's so heartbreaking. But because they either stop coming to church or, be, you know, and what the enemy wants to do is you get so sad and um, you isolate yourself and you don't share your pain. You know, a, a lot of times I think we think as Christians we're supposed to be happy and joyful and all the time, but no, we we still have stuff that we go through, you know. Even Pastor Ron and Mama Paula, look, my heart is broken. I got a kid who's not saved, and you know things are happening, and I don't want it to be really bad. And so, would you pray with me? Kind we, of we've got uh, parents in the church who are going through just unthinkable uh, things with their kids and yeah. they're 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 people that love the lord with all of their heart they raise their kids to do the right thing and and instead of doing that what they're doing is is rebelling against god and uh you you can you can feel the heartbreak as you as you come near and they they, they need us just to be there for them mm-hmm. yes they, they need do. us to be there for them yeah. paula we're inside three minutes okay. so okay i you know what the other thing is we are so um negative you know the lord well elisha asked her what do you have she goes i have nothing isn't that how we are sometimes i'll look at my closet and say i don't have anything to wear i got more clothes (laughs) and i don't say i don't have anything to wear because i have plenty but you know that's just how we are i don't have anything look in the refrigerator there's stuff there but i don't have anything to eat especially your kids used to say that you know there's nothing here to eat yes there is um but we're just so negative. You know, the Lord asked you to do something. Like me, when I was he talking about teaching ladies, I don't have what it takes to teach ladies. I didn't do this. I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not like Pastor Ram, blah, 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 you know. 
And the Lord's like, will you just chill? <laughs> will you just take a chill pill? I'll teach you. But we go right to the what we don't have, what we can't do. And we are totally um, discounting the work of the Holy Spirit is what you were saying. Yeah, we're, we're actually quenching the work he wants to do mm-hmm. uh, because we refuse to see what Jesus said, with God all things are possible. And, you know, we, we want to sort of snap our fingers and have a miracle. Okay, God, all things are possible. Fix this. Mm-hmm. But God's saying, no, no, no. I have a different plan for this trial. Just will you walk with me? Will you trust me through it? And we think, well, how can I even survive? I don't have this and I don't have this and I can't mm-hmm. live without this. Mm-hmm. And um, th- that focus is going to prevent the work that God wants to do. He's going to prevent those times where you go into your room and God says, okay, how, now now we're alone. Yeah, just you now we're alone. It's just you and me here now. Only you and me here now. I want to talk to you. And so today when I was on my walk, I'm taking the, you know, I take copious notes, but I pay, I pay attention, Pastor Ron. <laughs> so I was out walking. And I said, Lord, here's this empty vessel. Make sure I'm an empty vessel because nobody needs Paul. They need the Holy Spirit flowing through Paula. And so, Lord, I want them to see you, hear you. Um, and so, Lord, fill me up. That's what you told us to do. Lord, fill us up. Fill me up. Getting my mind and heart set on things above because it's about you. That little bit of oil that I have, Lord, um, let it be poured on me, in me, but mostly out of me, Lord, because it's about other people. I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But use me for anybody else. I don't want to have any regrets. There's a lot of oil coming from you, Paula. Today we were at a... Well, I don't have time to say it now. So, oh, well, there's the music. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with me today. It's not over. I know school starts. Uh, Okay. Seven o'clock, we got a meeting. I got to welcome people to the 23rd year of a free school. Amazing. 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 A lot of oil. A lot of heroes. Hey, you've been listening to the day-to-day edition of the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.